and some important talking points this morning, none more important or likely to be more resonant than the return, official return, of Gordon Elliott with a licence, Dave. Yes, uh, as everybody knows, Gordon Elliott received a 12-month ban, of which six months were suspended for the, in tabloid terms, dead, fo dead horse photo uh, controversy in which in February he was pictured uh, sitting astride the deceased Morgan uh, next to the gallops at Cullentra House. Obviously this was published on social media and a storm ensued. The, I think the, the important thing uh, with this, that there is contrition shown on the part of the trainer. I, I spoke to um, Eddie O'Leary yesterday who said that he, he said that Gordon Elliott had learned an awful lot from his time out and that he would emerge a better person, that there were things in his life that essentially uh, that were going awry at the time that have now been addressed. Um, and so I, I think that it's time now to, to move on with this. There will always be people for whom the punishment was not stern enough and there will be a body of opinion, which I'm not completely at odds with, who felt that Gordon Elliott should have been removed from Cullentrow House for the period of that punishment, i.e. That, that rather than uh, D Denise Foster having the licence, but essentially that, that he was there the whole time. Um, but, as has been pointed out, there was no uh, welfare issue involved with this. Um, Eddie O'Leary yesterday called it a crime against, or a crime of stupidity rather than welfare. I, I don't. If, you may believe that the sentence was too stiff. You may believe that it was too lenient. But in, to use a legal term, Wensbury unreasonableness, was it so unreasonable that no uh, body could have meted it out? I don't believe so. And so I think now he will make entries on Thursday. Punterstown's flat card on Tuesday would be the first opportunity for runners and. You know, he's essentially he's done his time now, and I think it's time that that we move on and and that you know we we try and get back to some semblance of normality. Bellystown, I think, is a is a, a, a race course where he may have some runners later in the week, or is it? I think it's Bellystown, or is it Ballin Road? Uh, I can't remember. Ballin Road, yeah, I beg your Ballin Road later in the week. I think he's uh, set for quite a few runners and possibly some winners by the looks of it. Uh, the Racing League has ended its six-week run at Newcastle. Uh, this week, a lot of people have had a lot of opinions about it. Did you have a strong opinion about whether it was a success, a failure or otherwise? No, I didn't. Um, I, I, I'm agnostic about the Racing League. Um, I think that... That's not what we want on this show. Well, it's what you're going to get. The, um, the team element, I believe, is, is phony and I believe it's airsats in that sense. That, uh, you know, it, it's very difficult to shout for... Uh, Apart, swish cocktails aside, who doesn't in, enjoy a Negroni of an evening? Um, it, it's pretty, it's pretty hard to align yourself with a with a team that's just been formed. So, and, and racing over its hundreds of years of history is not a team sport. In fact, it, it's very much not a team sport, as we've seen from uh, stewards' uh, inquiries inquiries at the BHA over the years. It does bring. Big prize money, as Jamie Osborne said, uh, that you can win a race and that's the owners looked after for a year. So there are obviously good elements uh, that 
it's brought. I, I found I, I, I find the one of the problems with it is that, and this isn't a, a pop at, at, at Sky Sports Racing who have thrown everything at it. But I think if you're trying to convince the British public that something is brilliant and and you, you you're perceived as a, an almost like Soviet style. Uh, approach to broadcasting in that sense I think that people find it difficult to take on board I've done it myself I remember writing a piece about Gino Ladd when he ran at Wincanton for the Mirror Punters Club when he tried to pull himself up in front of the stands and saying this was a brave effort by the horse um, I, I think people find that a difficult a, a jagged pill to swallow essentially my view is that in order for it to be a success, it needs one, it needs more widespread industry buy-in. And I've said this to, to people involved with the Racing League. And secondly, the participants themselves, they need to be singing for their supper a little bit more. Yes. I mean, if every participant in the Racing League was as evangelical about it as Jamie Osborne and Charlie Fellows, I think they'd have been several steps in front of where they were. What I don't like is the people who were quite happy to be a part of it and then kind of went, well, yep. well we're that's, not really sure. That's either, either be in... Or be out. Or, or be but, out. There's, but, but just before we go on to the... And they the need more point. horses and to enfranchise more people. The, there's one more thing, though. that Social media these days, something is either banned or it must be compulsory. Mm. And so th there, there, will be, there were people who said, I really enjoyed watching the Racing League, uh, and they get attacked by people on Twitter, saying, well, what a load of rubbish, how can you watch that? And it's, that is just bizarre. As I say, I'm agnostic about it, and I think that's a perfectly reasonable position uh, to have. And by the way, warm congratulations to Rupert Bell and Alan Brazil, the Anatoly Karpov and the Victor Korchnoi of the Racing League, who brought with them a stratagem over the six weeks, and it ended by getting their hands on the trophy. Did they definitely win? Yeah. I heard two versions. Stephen Mann is currently banned. He was banned for four years originally for um, his second serious welfare breach by the Irish Horse Racing Regulatory Board. That has been reduced to three and a half years on appeal. Now, clearly this has caused a degree of consternation because the offences were so serious in the first instance. Remember, he's got another case pending when he was saddling for another trainer who then held the licence. He had an altercation with a veterinary officer who was trying to take a post-race sample. So the likelihood of Stephen Mann getting a, a licence any time even after three and a half years, is pretty slim. But that's not the point. The point is he's had a, a ban reduced. That's the top-line headline that everyone sees, Dave, and it's not playing well for the IHRB. It, it, it doesn't play well. That in uh, Anyone reading that who is opposed to racing will believe that, that someone who has been found guilty of, uh, of neglect, of, of, of cruelty, essentially, has been... Has had six months knocked off their sentence. I have to put a legal hat on here and express an unpopular opinion, and that is that on appeal, it was found that a piece of evidence that the injury to Animal A uh, at the at the original hearing, mm -hmm. it was found it, it it was accepted that that injury had taken place, I think, eight weeks before, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, and on appeal, it was accepted that, it, that that injury had occurred that uh, on the morning of the race. Therefore, Stephen Mann was not guilty of eight weeks of neglect, but, th but th that 
injury had happened on the morning of the visit from the inspectors. In that sense, it is right that, that the sentence was reduced. And I know that's people are going to be saying, how can this man come on a racing programme and say something like that? I know that's an unpopular view, but from a, from a, a, tribunal a legal, point of view, from a legal perspective, view, yeah. it is an unavoidable one. Whether you feel that this man should have been cast out of the sport, whether he should ever have care of thoroughbreds again, and that the sentence in the first place was far too lenient, mm. is a completely different matter entirely. And I would strongly suspect that he would have a significant issue getting his licence back when he has to reapply for it, because that's what he'd have to do after the three and a half years of the disqualification. As I say, he still has that case pending. 24-hour declarations in Ireland. Well, there was a call on the part of the Irish Trainers Association to get them back, having been in a 48-hour declaration period during the, the pandemic. Not all Irish trainers agree with that, including Joe Lyons, who spoke out about it uh, this week. Yeah, uh, this is uh, this is surely a no-brainer. There was uh, there was opposition to it in the UK when forty-eight-hour declarations were introduced. It, 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 I can't see that those objections seem to have fallen silent now. I just cannot see how there is any justification for bringing that back for 24 hours. Of course, trainers will say that it, it presents them with an inconvenience, but surely for the, the overall good of the, uh, of the industry, the overall financial benefits that that, bring, that that would bring to horse racing in Ireland, as it, as it has in Britain, then 48-hour... Uh, decks have, have to yeah. stay. We're, we're all going to be, I think, on the, on the same hymn sheet here. I think the, the point is that the Irish Racehorse Trainers Association, IRTA, hadn't consulted all their membership before going public with the idea that they wanted to come back on this. And that's what Lyon said to me earlier in the week on my podcast. He said, no one ever called me. I think it's ridiculous. Of course, 48 hours should stay. It is not only helpful for me, it's helpful for the sport as a whole, and it will generate more money from from betting worldwide, not, not to mention betting domestically. Yeah, I, I mean, well, that's, in, in that case, the, the, uh, the objection falls on two counts, doesn't it? The one that we've already discussed mm. and the fact that if you haven't sounded out uh, your membership, including uh, those who, who are the higher achievers, along with the, the lower achievers, uh, then uh, it, it seems that that call must surely fall on stone as well. Of course, in terms of performance on the race course, Irish trained horses are the high achievers. They are the preeminent achievers, both flat and jumps, over the last decade, particularly under national hunt rules. And the British Horse Racing Authority handicapping team have announced this week measures to subtly tweak their handicapping methods in response to a review that took place after the Cheltenham Festival this year. Dave, just explain a little more. Yeah, Dominic Gardner-Hill, uh, who's the, the British Horse Racing Authority Head of Handicapping, uh, has explained, I think in, in the opening paragraph in the, uh, the trade paper, uh, a, a more proactive approach uh, to uh, the BHA handicappers' methods. This is an interesting one because, and, and it's, it, it, it triggers, in my mind, the phrase about rearranging the deck chairs on the on the Titanic. The, the, the supremacy of the Irish jumpers in uh, at Cheltenham and at Aintree last spring will not be addressed by 
handicappers revisiting their methods which might result in a pound or two here, a pound or two there. The, the, the difference, and, and I've done a lot of research on this privately, haven't written an awful lot uh, on it as yet, but the, 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 the discrepancy is in a stone and more. It's not... It, it, it's up to twenty pounds in not, some cases, but that's not a that's not a discrepancy of scale. Surely, that's the fact that there are there are discrete examples of horses who are way ahead of their mark. It's the Galapanda Menil and the but, right, but or Galapanda Shaw and uh, and the what's a, a Belfast Banter and horses will, like that. Will this that's that's they're they're not a fault of a of a of a. Two three pound median discrepancy between. But how how will this how will this revisiting of of methods how will this alter how will this address or change what happened? But, it, but should happened it just be seen through the prism of the Cheltenham Festival, or hasn't the Cheltenham Festival prompted a look into a handicapping system, and they that that has therefore been found to be faulty because of artificial and precipitous increase it's, in horses' well, it's, marks it's, over, the, over the last decade that have been slow to slip when those horses have gone into been, natural decline. It's been perceived to be faulty. Or perceived to be faulty. Yeah. Mm. I'm not sure it's been found to be faulty. If you Perce see what, I'm yeah, playing semantics, but you see what I mean. But what I'm saying is it's not just about... The Cheltenham Festival isn't just a problem that needs to be solved. Yeah, I get that. It has... You've, you, you opened a hornet's nest... Yes. ...and you found a few things that need to be dealt with. Right, well... Depends which way you look at it. It does. We'll see. We'll, I, I, I wish we could turn the clock forward to 2022 and see how, how things play out. Of course, you're right that, that it's not all about Cheltenham and Aintree. We'll see. How many times is that sentence going to be uttered over the next, uh, over the next six months or so? Vaccine passports, are you going to need them to go racing in Ireland? Actually, are you going to need them to go racing in England at any time soon? Or is that wind changed in this country, do you think? I don't know. In Scotland, uh, Nicola Sturgeon announced this week that for higher risk venues that vaccination passports could well be on the way in. Um, now, uh, Scottish Racing has been invited by the, by, uh, the, the Scottish Government to, to participate in this and, and to contribute to, uh, to it. Personally... I'm, I'm in favour of that. I think that uh, in the in the short term, to address the, the emergency that we've had over the last year and so, I don't have a problem with a short term measure that requires people. You know, I, I went to uh, I went to the 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 Euros, uh, the uh, football. We went to Royal Ascot. There was a. Um, a requirement that in each case that you had a lateral flow test um, and, and that, that that showed a negative. It, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, for all those people who, who have had two vaccinations and nobody else. Mm. Younger people could uh, take a test that says, right, this is a PCR test, this is a, a lateral flow test, and that could be part of the requirement to be let in. I, I personally don't see a problem with it. People people talk about fundamental human rights. Well, you don't have a fundamental human right to be admitted to private ground. It, you, you do so under a licence. If that licence in the short term, or even possibly longer, but certainly in the short term, uh, is based on uh, 
on a, 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 a COVID passport, whether it be a vaccination passport or not, um, but a, a, a clean bill of health. Mm. Personally, I, I don't have an issue with that at all. Yeah, I think the distinction you make there is important because it's one thing asking people to produce a lateral flow test. It's another thing to show that you've been vaccinated because yeah. that opens up the whole point about whether vaccinations are a personal choice or should be a personal yeah. choice. I get that, but you know, the, 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 um, for me personally, who is, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, if someone decides that, that they don't want the vaccine, as I say, in, in, in a, an emergency situation which mm. we found us, ourselves in, um, then I think it's a bit rich to say, right, I, I've, I've ignored the government advice, I will not have the vaccination, but I demand that you let me in. Let's talk about Prince of Aaron now, because we touched on this briefly earlier in the programme. He was retired yesterday by trainer Charlie Fellows because the Racing Victoria vets had in, in, informed Fellows that whilst there was no significant underlying injury risk to be found in the scans that they had taken of the horse in order for him to try and go to the Melbourne Cup, they were concerned that a combination of the horse's advancing years and general wear and tear uh, would be enough to to deter them from allowing him to run. I'm not comfortable with it, Dave. Are you? Um, not until uh, I hear of some specifics. I mean, Prince of Aaron is eight years old, as is Twilight Payment, who won the race last year, and I believe, owned by Lloyd, uh, owned by Lloyd Williams, I believe will attempt to defend his title. So... It was a very measured and very dignified and I suspect a very lip-bitten interview by Charlie Fellows yesterday. In that he said that he, that the, they say it's too high risk and he said, I think it was his age. Now, if we understand the... Um, we understand why... Sterner veterinary checks are in place. There have been a number of high-profile deaths in the Melbourne Cup in recent years, including, of course, Anthony Van Dyke last November. We we understand why those are in place, and we must we must applaud them. But I would like to see some specifics as to why this has happened, rather than just a woolly uh, what we've got at the moment. It's difficult to say that you don't welcome more stringent veterinary checks when horses have been killed. Yeah. But what I don't like here is the juxtaposition of technology, increased veterinary technology, with rather vague, yep. opaque phrases like general wear and tear. Yes, indeed. And, oh, he's getting a bit old. Yeah. And are we remembering, I'm not saying this has been said, but are Racing Victoria remembering Red Caddo, also thrice placed in a Melbourne Cup, and then very sadly had a, a tragic end to his career. Yeah, absolutely. You know? that, that's, Either one or the other. Yeah, yeah. There needs to be clarity and there also need to be, I think, specifics that uh, rather than, as you say, o opaque, woolly is what we've got at the moment. And as you say, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's impossible not to welcome measures that are there to protect the horse, but there needs to be clarity. That's Prince of Aaron, who will not be going to Melbourne and has been retired. And we wish him a long and happy retirement and uh, congratulate Charlie Fellows on his success yesterday. Those were this week's Talking Points.
Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Al Basti Dubai.